Welcome to episode 10 of Forgot My Transmitter. I really want to thank everyone for listening to the show and for helping me get this far. I have a lot of ideas for special guests, and hopefully they will be able to come on once dig season slows down. Today's guest is Micah from Alabama. He primarily locates gas and shares with us the many challenges of locating gas with horrible tracer wires. So let's get started. Micah, thanks for coming on the show today. Tell us a little about yourself. Well, my name is Micah. I live in Alabama, down in the most southern part of Alabama, pretty much. And I've been locating for about two and a half years now. Okay. Just over two and a half years. What are the dig rules in Alabama? Like, how many days you have to get the ticket done and stuff? We have a 48 hours from the day it was called in, so it's not the hour, so it's called in today, and I have all of tomorrow and then all of the next day until 7 a.m. the day after is when it's due. So it gives us two full working days the day after it was called in. Okay. And then our our regulations are we have 18 inches on either side of the mark. Yeah. And that includes if we have like a channel mark, it's 18 inches from the center of that channel mark. Right. They don't go from the outside of those marks. Oh, okay. Some states, it's it's at the edge of the, the lines. Yeah. That'd be nice, but you yeah. know, when I'm marking these 20-inch mains... It's going from that center line. So if I mark a channel mark, it's inches wide. It'll yeah. be off by 18 inches, but we're right on the edge of it. Wow. That's too bad. And they don't have it for the, that you can't do the width of the pipe. Yeah. They make us mark the width of it, but they don't really use it for anything unless it's to our detriment. Yeah. What do you locate there? I currently, I'm only locating gas. Okay. Have you located anything else there? Yeah, I located, when I was with the other company before November, so about a year and a half, I located power, communications, gas, pretty much everything except for there was like three separate fiber companies that located their own. Right. So that's where you started? That is where I started at one of the four-letter name companies. And yeah. this company that I'm at currently got the gas contract in November. So we started then and they hired me on and been moving and grooving. The company's just been growing ever since. What kind of changes did you notice between the two companies? Like what was the biggest thing that you made to the switch over? Well, a large, just with the, uh, the training alone with this company, it is a smaller company, but they're growing a lot. But the training alone was you know, so much more in depth than the other company. And I learned more after a year and a half with just the five weeks of training in this class. Oh, really? But with the locating itself, I was already locating the same utility, but now I only have to locate just the gas instead of all the rest of them along with it. Yeah. So it's some of the same thing, but we have some rough gas to locate down here. Oh, could you explain the challenges with your gas there? Mostly just with the older plastic lines because they have to have a tracer wire to be located. And they, major, not majority of the time, but there was a, there's a large portion of our scope that has an old gas company owned it. Yep. And they sold it to us and they did not maintain their facility very well and didn't keep records as well and didn't put in wires where they were supposed to sometimes. So there's a lot of, a lot of troubleshooting, hopefully finding some, some as built or something, but never really works out that way all the time. Right. That's too bad. 
Yeah, you probably have a lot of services then that are missing connections on the tracer wire or data. Oh, yeah, that's that's a lot of them. Yeah. There's a, a street that I've been working on now. They're putting all the electrical underground, and I've probably hooked up to 75 services, and I've only found one that is located all the way to the main, and that one maybe gave me 100 feet in one direction of the main, and that's about it. So how do you locate the main in that situation? Usually off of some drawings or maybe if it gets close enough, but it's a lot of just dropping the box and trying to see where it's at because for a lot of that area, the main's in the the same distance off of the center line, but it varies because I had a damage out there just two weeks ago, but it wasn't my fault. There was no real way to locate it. Their main, instead of crossing straight through an intersection, went out into the intersection, crossed over, and then came back around. But they didn't put that damage on me, but it probably could have been if they, I don't know, if it, it's a little more investigation because there was an as-built of it showing that it went that way, but no real direction of where it was over there, but showing that it went away from my marks. Yeah. Wow, that's, that's got to be really frustrating not having anything to go on for yeah. the mains. That's for sure. Yeah. There is a lot of that because that one little section of the main was, there was no measurements on a lot of the portion where it was 25 feet off of where it normally would have been on that road. Do you think that's why the other company lost the contract? Potentially. I mean, it was, I think they lost it in like the maybe eighties or something. It might've just been that this company had just a better contract overall for city or whatever it was. However, they transfer that over. Right. Do you have any big gas lines you have to locate as well? Yeah, we have, I think the biggest I've seen is a 20 inch high pressure steel. Yeah. We've got quite a few, like 12 to 20 inch steel lines that run through and most of them will supply a big plant somewhere, but it'll be miles and miles of gas line or a potential just transmission line going through the whole state or something. Yeah. So where do you primarily locate? Is it in the city or out in the country? It's more of the country. It's a little mix of both. Like the area I was covering for the guy that was out today was mostly in our downtownish area. I located probably only six or seven tickets over there, but it's a more downtown. But a lot of my tickets are more more rural off of the beaten path. There's a lot of dirt roads and some sketchy areas you don't want to even go down. Yeah. Being down here in the South, people love their guns and love their confrontation and all yeah. sorts of stuff. Yeah, we're fortunate here in Canada. You're not as likely to have a gun pulled on you, but there's still some areas that you got to be careful, that's for sure. Yeah, I haven't had one pulled on me, but I've had one threatened, basically. I pulled up to a locate, and it was the locate was on a shed in the back of this person's property, so I drove back there, and the neighbor is the dad of the homeowner. So he came riding over in his cart, his little golf cart, and told me, I don't like people riding around back here on my property. I carry a gun, and I don't miss. Well, all right, well, I'm going to leave and close this ticket out, and I will let them deal with that later. Yeah. Exactly. I had to wait till the contractors came back, and then I showed up with the contractors there to locate it. Okay. What did you do before locating? I have done oh, a lot, really. I've done a little bit of plumbing, a little bit of construction, and some roofing. And then I've worked at a golf course for about four years. And then I've also done, 
I can't even think of the word for it. Lost my track. Worked at like a large scale print shop doing, you know, banners and 10, 20 foot prints. Oh yeah. School stuff, large scale printing. Yeah. But that was my last job before I got into locating was the large scale printing. Sounds a bit like my journey. I started a, a computer store and then I was doing customer service and then I was landscaping and then I was doing construction, just a little bit of everything until I found my groove and yeah. locating. Do you think you'll be doing this for a long time? It's it's a toss-up, honestly. It's I do enjoy it, and it comes with a lot of perks. You know, there's not a whole lot to complain about comparing it to all of my past jobs. This one is not as hard, maybe mentally a little harder in some spots, but yeah. more or less just... I mean, it's it's got a lot of benefits. I don't I don't see me making a change unless there was a real good reason to. Yeah. If I found a really good job somewhere else, or if I just decided to buy a van and live in it and disappear and live in the woods or something, I don't know. Right. But yeah. Something that I'm definitely gonna continue to do for a while unless I decide on something else in my life. Yeah. Do you have any other damage stories that you know of? Well. Most of the damages that I have and most of the ones I see actually are mostly just complacency of, you know, you just didn't see the one service or you weren't paying attention and didn't read your ticket properly. I've got a few of those. How one was, you know, I, one big fiber damage that I had when I was at the, they were putting in new fiber in a neighborhood and they needed to come out of the neighborhood and go down to the pole that they were going to come down to begin their shot. Okay. And I located our fiber going that way towards the pole. The ticket called for a larger scope than I thought. I kept marking that intersection thinking it was just the intersection and not a few hundred feet beyond that. Right. And they saw that, you know, my cable was going that way. They knew there was one there, but they just, after they saw my last mark, they just went for it. Oh. And we were there on the job. They could have easily come and stop us and say, do y'all still have some something right here? There was no indication of it ending or anything, so they just went for it. But wow. that was, a, I want to say it was like a 144 pair or something like that. Huh. Do you know how much that one cost? I don't, but I do know when they hit it with their boring rig, they pulled back and they pulled out. I mean, it destroyed 80 or 90 feet of it. They had to shoot a new run. Right. I imagine it was probably 20000 more. I, I really have no idea, but yeah. sure it was not a cheap one. No. How did you feel when you got that call? Well, that was a rough one because I knew where it was, and I knew what exactly what happened. I knew it could have been avoided, but I just didn't. I just put my marks and thought they'll they'll know there's something there or they'll come get me or something that's at the end of the intersection but wasn't enough no yeah you feel pretty bad after that takes a takes a while to regain your confidence anytime i even just see a call from my boss my heart will drop second oh exactly will you go check out this ticket okay i didn't do anything wrong this time cool yeah when your manager calls it could be really bad news that's for sure yeah my heart always drops for a second yeah. when I see that call. I'm like, all yeah. right, here it goes. <laughs> for sure. State this time. <laughs> yeah. Mostly it's him asking me to go do something, so it makes me feel even better. I'm like, oh, okay, he's asking me for help instead of telling me I've done something wrong. So, whew. Yeah, exactly. That's good. But I have, you know, I've got that damage. I've got a 
gas damage recently, which was more of the complacency. I pulled up to the ticket, you know, pulled up my prints, did everything I needed to, and I even pulled up the as-built for the service that got damaged, okay. knowing that I had to locate it. But I think I got an emergency at that time or something happened, and I don't know why. I just closed out and completely passed up on that one thing. The extra research in to know that I had to locate it. But Yeah, that's that's surprisingly the most common reason for damages, so that you get pulled away from your locate, mm-hmm. and then you forget where you yeah. were, and you just missed a service. That's exactly what happened. And it was a neighboring service, and it came out just far enough to be right on the edge of where they were digging. That's too bad. Just a half inch plastic? I think it was either a half inch or a quarter. It was really small. Oh. I mean, three quarter. I think we do half and three quarter. So it might have been a three quarter. A lot right. of our services are three quarter inch. Plastic? Yeah, we have we have a fair amount of steel still. And we used, they say it's gone, there's still a few more mains of cast iron hidden around. But we have still as much as they can. Yeah. But the uh, pretty much whenever I pull up to a ticket, if I click on the service and it's plastic and it was put in in between the year, maybe like 82 and 92, somewhere in that decade, yeah. there's a good chance that I'm not going to have a tracer wire or it's not going to be right there. Maybe I'll dig down and find one or probably won't, or it's probably broken somewhere in the yard as well. Was the wire just too brittle? I think they went really cheap on it back in the day, and I think when they were putting it in... They also would pull it back through to where you really couldn't even find it unless you dig, you know, two or three feet away from the service, which we are, our contract, if we don't have a wire, we have to dig down to the bend in the riser. Yeah. See if there's a wire there. And if there's not, then we have to try to find other ways to locate it. Right. Just too cheap on the wire, sounds like. Yeah, too cheap on the wire. And they didn't really keep track of all the records. We have just a whole... There's a code that we hate to see. It's like 1929. Because if we see 1929-0, you're not going to find any prints for it anywhere. Oh, okay. It's just going to be a guess. Wow. You'll have the prints for the original are, you know, prints that we look up normally, just what we have in our system. But then the the as-builts that will need to get exact locations, we're not going to find that with that code. How do you get your as built? So are they right in your mapping, or do you have to call for them? No, we have a set. We used to have to call, but with this, when we got in with this new company, we got approved for where we could go into their system and look it up. Okay. Which is hard because they label them in a lot of different ways, and then you have to type it in exactly, and that doesn't always match exactly how they typed it in the prints, but it's different from the as-built. So you have to try five or six different options to finally get the as-built sometimes, if at all. Oh, just how they typed in the address or property. Yeah, and you have yeah. to type it in exactly the way they do it with the code. Because we have it's a BK code, an IR code. There's a few different booking codes. But we have to type it in exactly or it won't pull up. So what's your favorite utility to locate now that you've done a few of them? Um. Say gas, as terrible as our gas is here, yeah, yeah. just for the the reason that gas usually is it locates or it doesn't. You locate perfectly and there's no problems or it doesn't and there's a little bit of troubleshooting and it's kind of nice to try to figure that out. But sometimes with the 
the cable TV and fiber, some of that's just just a crap shot trying to locate it. Yeah, exactly. Is there any responsibility for the company to come out and fix those tracer wires? No, there is not. They they say that we are supposed to report it every time, but nothing ever gets done about it really, because we would be reporting it. Each person on our crew would probably report it maybe five to ten times a day. So they can't really handle fixing 60 tracer wires a day or more. just seems negligent to, to not have ways of locating those mains. Yeah, from the company, when they came down and actually trained us all up and everything and talking about our contract, they said we have some of the worst gases they've ever seen to locate, and they also don't have a way to fix it. Okay. What keeps you going every day? I mean, really, it's just one of the best jobs that I've had as far as, you know, actually it could make a career out of it if I wanted to. Yeah. Every other job I've had has been, some of them have been decent, but they're not like a, a full career thing, something that I have to work at for a long time to feel comfortable with. But I feel comfortable and enjoy doing it. I just don't know what I even want with my life in general in long term. A lot going on. Oh, okay. But. You know, it is it is nice being able to to get up and make my own schedule and yeah. Overall, it's not extremely hard. The summers are pretty rough down here. Yeah, and the the heat. Yeah, uh, 110 degrees and 100 percent humidity and walking for five miles on that. You know, just those days are rough. Yeah, for sure. But they do feel rewarding afterwards when you drive back down that road that you just marked miles of and you see your flags everywhere yeah when you're walking down those country roads do you have any encounters with animals i do i mean i have encountered quite a bit of just random dogs and cats and such which those are a nice part of the job just walking out to a random dog and getting some free pets in and everything yeah but we have a lot of insects to deal with here There's always mosquitoes and then i've in the past three weeks possibly i've Pulled off maybe seven to ten ticks off of my body. Oh, wow. Yeah, so there's animals all over. I One day, a couple of weeks ago, I had to go to a house right at the end of the day because nobody could get in, but their gate was finally open. So I went in, and it was for a cable drop, and I got out of my truck and started following the cable around and ran across what was probably about ten ducks Two geese and then two turkeys. They're all pets at this house. And the two geese put their head down real low and started walking at me. And then the two turkeys put their heads down and started walking at me. And they chased me all the way back to my truck. Oh, wow. Pet turkeys in somebody's front yard. He came out and said, you like my pet turkeys? I'm like, yeah, he chased me back to my truck. I had to keep turning around and waving my hat at him. Yeah. Every time I turned around, they'd pick up the pace a little bit. Huh. Did you end up getting the job done? Yeah, they, it was actually clear. They have a private gas line that I couldn't locate. So I wasn't able to really do anything for them and to go in and clear it out. Right. That's good. But I have been, I've been bit by one dog who the homeowner came out and asked what I was doing, told him everything. And then he led me over to the backyard, and there was a dog. He seemed very friendly. He's like, oh, he's nice. He won't hurt you. And I opened the gate, and the dog just immediately ran and bit me on the, the leg right on my thigh. Oh, no. It didn't break skin or anything, but it was just a big welt, just a big bruise for a few days. 
Yeah. But I had to push my bag in front of its face, and it ripped a little hole in my bag. It was going to blood out of nowhere. Wow. What'd the homeowner say? We said, oh, it's normally not like this and everything. I was, I was okay with it because it really wasn't too bad. It was a little little nick, and I was walking in the dog's backyard. I, the homeowner seemed to not even realize that the dog was capable of that. Right. That's too bad. But I guess some big guy, I'm a big bearded guy with these bright, you know, high-vis vest on and a big hat and probably too much colors and excitement for any random dog to have him walking up. Yeah, yeah, it's way too much stimulus. He couldn't determine that you were just a friend. Those are the best, though, whenever there is just good friends. Yeah. Do you see any alligators or snakes? I have seen quite a few snakes. I haven't seen any alligators lurking, but there is a lot around here. There's a place just across a little bridge, maybe 20 miles away from here, called Alligator Bayou or Alligator Alley. Yeah. And it's just a little creek that runs through a town. There's always alligators swimming around in it. Wow. No issues with them getting animals or anything? I don't know. I mean, I can't imagine there's a zero there's been it happened zero times. I'm sure it's happened at least once, but yeah, I haven't heard of any any stories. Have you lived in Alabama your whole life? I have. I've worked in Ohio just for a little bit. They sent me up there to help out a company that was getting behind. Yeah. So I've done that a couple of times. I went to Ohio, but other than that, I've lived in Alabama my whole life and. Mostly in just the most southern part of Alabama you can get to. Like along the coast? Yeah, along the coast. I've lived lived in a place called Grand Bay, and my house was probably four miles from the Gulf of Mexico. Okay. Do you have any other stories that you'd like to share? I think, of course, as soon as you get the question asked, you'll just go blank about it. I do know of somebody that was on our crew at the last company. He was... Got out to locate, hooked up his equipment. He was kind of in some woody area, and he heard some some noises, some huffing and puffing, and a wild hog came running out of the woods. And he had to run back and hop in his truck. He took a picture of it and sent it to us. There was a dog sitting down about 20 feet away, just staring right at him in his truck. Wow. He didn't know what to do. He had to wait for the hog to run off so he could go grab his equipment. Yeah. Are they pretty prevalent down there? I've never seen one, but, I mean, there's there's definitely some around. Yeah, wild hogs can cause a lot of damage on crops yeah. and whatnot. And they are scary, and they're very invasive, and I just can't deal with them. There's a few that's been reported in, in, in Canada here, so hopefully they get them under control. They need to, because it, it does get a little overwhelming at times in some places. I think there's... There's a place in Texas, it sounds kind of morbid, but they fly by in helicopters and just kill a bunch of hogs because they just overrun and it, they'll have swarms of them. They'll have to kill hundreds of them at a time. Yeah. Just to be able to keep their crops and keep everything from being destroyed. That's right. Yeah. Do you have any advice for new locators? Definitely ask all the questions. Really get to know how your equipment works and why it's working the way that it is. You, know, you need to understand what what it means to put a signal on the line and why that's giving you the readout that it is. 
because when I first started at the other company, they gave us the very brief, you know, hook up to it here. Make sure you got a decent milliamp here. Doesn't tell us anything about what that meant or why that would drop or any kind of reason for that. Right. And I just send this out there on our own. Wow. We had, I think at the other company, we had a week in class training and then a week in the field training with some other locators who were trying to get their job done and not having to train us the whole time. Yeah. And then we were on our own from there. Huh. And I was locating, my equipment was locating incorrectly for probably the first three or four months. It wasn't locating incorrectly. I was using it incorrectly. Oh, could you explain? Yeah, I was on the setting to basically locate for a drill head. And it, I guess it puts off some sort of different frequency. There's like a, there was an 8K setting for something with a drill head is what I was told. And then there's also just your regular 8K setting. And I was using the drill head one, but my transmitter was on the regular one. I guess it would have fixed itself if the transmitter was on the correct one, if they matched. But right. my locates were probably five or six inches off for the first four months of my locating until somebody from a different company spotted what I was doing while I was on an emergency one day and told me the right frequency. They showed me what was going on, and then when I came down, I was six inches off and hadn't got a damage, but had been locating that way for four months or so. Wow. That's why you really need to understand your equipment. Yeah. I would say even go go on YouTube and look up the videos of the company talking about what it does and learning what the peak and the null do. And... Yeah, that's exactly what I did. Watch some YouTube videos to really understand the yeah. equipment, all the all the features. Yeah, that's what I did for probably the first few weeks when I found out I got this job before I'd even been hired. I was still at my last company watching videos of the people locating and trying to figure out what it was and they got me this far. Yeah. But yeah, there's so many little intricacies of locating. It's just not as simple as waving the receiver. You got to know exactly how that frequency travels and what you're actually locating, like how the electromagnetic field comes yeah. comes out of the ground, right? And how you're able to read it and what could go wrong. Yeah, and every piece of equipment's just a little bit different between like the Vivax and the RD with how it how fast it'll pick it up and what it really sounds like because a lot of locating once you do it a while a lot of you're listening to the sounds of what your what your receiver is doing and you can hear little differences in the sounds that'll alert you on something's wrong or this sounds right even without looking at your equipment yeah so what equipment do you use i use an rd for most of well 60 for 60 to 70 percent of it and then we have a pipe horn for our trouble locates whenever we can't get a good direct connect to it. What's the advantage of the pipe horn? What exactly does it do better? I mean, not a huge advantage. It's kind of a detriment a lot of times because it's, I want to say it's at such a high frequency, like 800K or something, or maybe it's 500K. I know it's at a much higher frequency than your equipment puts out. Okay. So there's a big disadvantage of bleed off else and it doesn't give you much of a readout it just kind of beeps for you and tells you when you're at a peak or a null 
So you can't tell which way a line may be turning or if you lose the signal where you need to go from there. You have to do a lot of troubleshooting with the pipe form. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds very complicated. Yeah, for the most part, we, we have to use the pipe horn for a large portion of our gas. Or we, I mean, you can just drop the box, but we have the pipe horns for that reason. Where we, because I've, I've never even used the drop in the box, the induction on the regular regular box. I just use my pipe horn. Yeah, whatever you're comfortable with. Whoever gets the job yeah, done. That's just the way I was trained. It may have been better to use it with the, the radio detection. A lot of the time, if I'm just if I'm locating a service out to a main somewhere in the middle of their front yard, I'll just lose the signal completely, and I'll just take my pipe horn and set it down basically where I lost the signal. Yeah. Try to find some ads belts if I can to measure off of stuff, but that's more than more or less the process that we have to do with regular RD and then pull out your pipe horn 50% of the time. Do you ever witch them? I mean, I have. I don't ever trust it, but I've, it's more of a party trick, if anything. I feel like that's all it should be. That's right. But, I mean, I know people that swear by it. Yeah. It just seems like magic, and it even acts like magic sometimes. It just doesn't seem like it's supposed to work, but it does. No. Yeah, I, I finally tried it again yesterday. There was three gas lines, like 10-inch gas lines, and not a single movement when I walked over them. So, clearly, I'm doing something wrong, mm. but... Yeah. Try again some other day. Yes, and they're very finicky. Well, I've I've showed up at plenty of jobs, showed up at damages, and then contractors be watching or walking around witching to see if they did their thing wrong. But I don't know. I've never. I've only done it on top of lines that I know they are there just to see if it works. And sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, that's all I do too, just to see if it is even plausible to use. I mean, it's plausible. Something's happening, but it's definitely not. You can never tell what's really going on under the ground. No. Even if you do have, you might have your pipes there and everything, but there might be just a random void or a big rock or anything that could mess with that signal. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I keep asking, just to find out what everyone's opinion is, try to get some consensus. There may be times where that might be the only possible way to get it, but I, I don't see where that would be too much where you couldn't find it with some other kind of method. Right. Yeah. When was the last time you forgot your transmitter? The last time I forgot it was a couple of weeks ago. I left my pipe horn transmitter and I left it at a a new construction house and luckily the homeowner was pulling in as I was leaving. And I didn't think about it until I got to my next job and realized it was gone. And then when I pulled back up, he had it sitting up on his front porch all nice for me, hidden behind the pole. Oh, yeah. He was already gone, but he went and grabbed it and put it up there for me. And that's happened to me a couple times, actually. I've left it somewhere, and the homeowner grabbed it and set it somewhere else for me so I could get it. Or Yeah. I left my, my other transmitter just outside of somebody's yard one day. Didn't realize it till the next day. And I had to go there first thing in the morning. And I got there, and he came out of me like, I know you're looking for something. And he went and got it. He had it right behind his door and hid it inside for me. Yeah. He was in a little bit more of a rough neighborhood, and it would have been stolen. Oh, that's nice. I got lucky on that one. Yeah, that's the problem with two devices. You have to remember both of them. Yeah, and then I'm switching up on them constantly throughout the day. Yeah. 
And if I have one I walk down the road with, and then I have the other one, maybe I just did this part of this project, and then I left the other thing down there, and I'm going to go back and get it in a minute, and then I just forget about it. Right. I put an air tag in my transmitter, so it, it tells me as soon as I leave without it, it comes up on my phone that I got to yeah. go back and get it. That's the way to go. Yeah. That's smart. Might have to steal that from you. I've just forgotten it too many times. That's it. Uh, The first time that I ever forgot my transmitter, I thought I was going to be fired and everything, as anyone probably would. But I left it outside over a weekend, and it rained. Oh. And I left it hooked up to a transformer that I was locating for a power. And it was kind of under a tree a little, so maybe it didn't take the full brunt of the rain. But when I came back on Monday, this was on Friday, came back on Monday, and I'm still on, still working, putting out signal. Worked just fine. Nobody touched it. Somebody did go through it, and they took my wrenches and screwdrivers out of there, a little few oh, no. tools I had in there. Yeah. But um, they left everything else. They left the important stuff. Yeah. It's good that it was still there. Yeah. And working because it was outside and it did rain one day that weekend. So it got a little rained on and it sat outside for a whole weekend and it was on the whole time. I think the newer ones are pretty waterproof. Yeah, I imagine they're, they seem like and there's not a whole lot of open. No. When was the last time you forgot your transmitter? Oh, I, I forgot mine. It was in the spring. Oh, yeah. Yeah, was, another locator stopped by to help me out to finish it. And so that got me distracted. And it was at the end of the day, mm-hmm. so I hopped in the truck and went home. So I yep. got home, looked in the back. Oh, it's not there. So I had to call a guy who was in that town to have him go and grab it for me. Luckily, it was still mm. still there. Yeah, at least you looked back when you got home. I never look back there when I get home. Yeah, I just got into that habit just to take my work boots off and leave them in the truck in the back. Mm-hmm. Do you listen to any other podcasts? I do. I listen to a lot of comedy podcasts, really, and then a couple of history podcasts, and then there's one podcast I listen to. It's kind of about just disasters, like bridge-falling disasters and different things like that. Oh, yeah. What's that one called? Oh, it's called, Well, There's Your Problem. Well, There's Your Problem. Okay. Yeah, he's got slides and stuff, but they just, a couple of, I think three or four of them, they get on and talk about this week this bridge collapsed and why it was they you know they just didn't do their job nobody regulated these things but it's kind of interesting sometimes and they're a little funny yeah that sounds interesting i'm always looking for new new podcasts to listen to the radio gets really boring after a while true i I haven't listened to radio in years i pretty much just listen to podcasts now yeah i've got there's three or four of them that come out with the episode every Monday or so, and then I'll go through those on Monday and then go back to some other podcast and go through it. But Yeah. Yeah, it's always a cycle. Yeah. I have some background, just some noise going on. Half the time I'll realize I haven't listened to anything in the past 45 minutes they've said, but... Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, thanks for being on the show, Micah. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you doing this. Have a good night, man. You too. That concludes today's episode. If you would like to be a guest on this show, please visit ForgotMyTransmitter.com for instructions on how to submit your info. And remember, don't forget your transmitter.